1: It sure doesn't seem like spring is coming, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Ha! Talking about that secret society known as sex. You know, the one where no one's doing it and everyone is talking about it? Like we do here every Sunday night on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980. CKNW, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. This show is more than a sex show. I'm just trying to seduce you to listen to information about health, relationships, love, and your body. Good evening, I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book, Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. Researcher, blogger, clinician, TED speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex and health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. You will hear fearless, straight-up talk about sex and your health let's hope for you it will be illuminating educational get you thinking and get you having a little bit more fun back to the bedroom so do stay with me do put the kitties to bed please I'll give you a little uh, warning before we start talking about that uh, sex stuff I also wanted to mention that there is an aspect of sexual health that is dark and dreadful and may impact a person's life for the rest of their life and that is the issue of sexual abuse, unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and, of course, rape. Of course, for those of you who have been sexually abused in any way, you are never far from my heart. I wish you all the best on your healing journey. Everybody has their own journey in any aspect of life from where there where there are troubles. I keep you in my thoughts and prayers and uh, am saddened to hear of any abuse situations, and they are far too common in this world. Good evening Matt, how are
0: you? I'm fantastic, thanks yourself?
1: I'm very well, thank you. I'm all right actually. Uh, <laughs> nice to see you.
0: Yeah, it's good to see you again yeah, too. I'm old, also waiting moment. for spring to start by are the way. You? Yes. Yeehaw.
1: Hello, what's going on here? We've had um, the weather from H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was gamey. Um, yeah, but yesterday was gorgeous though, but then we, we quickly forget. At least the
0: weather, I mean, it's warming up, so it's just baby steps, right?
1: It certainly is. It certainly is. But uh, that doesn't mean that love is in the air. Exactly. (laughs) Which is always a good thing. Well, uh, anyway, thanks for doing the technical production for me this evening. Always appreciate it. Of course, people can call you to talk to me at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can always email me at sextalk at cknw.com, but it seems to me I get most of my emails through my website, Back to the Bedroom, and I will be reading uh, many of your emails that I've received over the last little while. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate those emails. A lot of them are prompted by the TEDx Stanley Park Talk that I gave last May 28th. It's had uh, over 2.129308 million views, but who's counting? <laughs> Um, so they've asked me to go and speak to the 2017 TEDx speakers to shed some light on how I got that many views, you know, what I did to get those views. And quite frankly, I didn't do that much. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure what I'm going to say to them, but, uh, yeah, it seems to be a subject, no sex marriage, masturbation, cheating, loneliness, and shame. Hopefully you put the children to bed or they're going to find out about your life. Um, the uh it seems to be a subject that has touched a chord with a lot of people. Even I I decided well I was just trying to get a little bump up on that little TEDx X talk and I'll post it on LinkedIn and it's had around two thousand views in two days on LinkedIn Unreal. and lots of um Uh, lots of messages, you know, through LinkedIn as well. And one from somebody on the, um, I wasn't too wildly impressed about this, but on the executive Republican committee (laughs) down in one of the Southern states, I think I'll de-link him anyway. (laughs) Like what does a Republican want with me? Uh, I will not have his way. (laughs) Um, anyway, we've got lots of troubles down there in the U S but, uh, we're Canada and, uh, A little bit more loving up here. We care about our people and want everybody to have health care and equal access. I often say to people, you know, you could be in the same hospital room as the prime minister. That is how fair we are in terms of our health care here. That may not be exactly the truth, but uh, but it makes the Americans feel (laughs) that much worse. Having spent a little time down there. Recently, anyway, we've got lots of subjects uh, to talk about tonight, lots of things going on. I have a, a rash of men coming into my clinical practice of late who have cardiovascular issues or heart issues and uh they have concerns about sex afterwards. so I'll touch a little bit upon that tonight. I seem to get things that trend in my clinical practice and that certainly is something and um you know guys are happy to. Get the information and just have a little education. It calms their fears and uh, because certainly after a cardiovascular incident, you can certainly have sex. And so I'll give you a little bit of my recipe as to what I suggest for Men has to do with uh, diet and exercise and less sugar, less alcohol, baby, and a few more things. So we'll touch upon that. Uh, A disturbing trend in America, and of course, whatever disturbing trends go on in America, certainly you can count on that it happens here as well. We're having much less sex than we used to just a decade ago. And you'll be shocked as to who is having the most sex. Uh, So a couple of studies we're going to review, and also uh, David... Ryan Polgar of BigThink.com is going to join me and talk about the impact that technology has on sex or no sex, the sexless relationships in which we are living today. Had a great talk with Sterling Fox this morning about uh, no sex... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we talked about scheduling sex. And I said, listen, you know, we, we schedule play dates. We schedule everything today. Uh, why not sex? And he said, well, you know, it's kind of like you take out the garbage. You, you know, it's empty the dishwasher. You pay your bills. I'm like, well, what would you rather do? Schedule sex or schedule take out the garbage? Really? So anyway, he's, he saw it my way shortly, uh, within a minute or two at 633 in the morning. And, um, you know, with as women age, uh, women, you know, may feel... Um, that they don't look as youthful, they may um, feel that the wrinkles have come, they may feel that they are not uh, going to get the jobs because the competition is beauty, somebody who is younger... So we're going to talk about some makeup tips for older women. But my best advice is, if you want to know what makeup to use, certainly do not look in the makeup bag of a 40-year-old. I can tell you that. Uh, Look into the makeup bags of 19-year-old girls, okay? Because they know exactly what's going on. And I'm going to give you my tips. Well, they're not my tips because I'm not 19. But uh, with the 19-year-old tips for makeup so that you can look absolutely fabulous as well. Take a few years off your life and also stay tuned for my hottest tip around how you can look just a little bit more youthful. It might cost you four or $500, but worth every single penny. And it's not a vibrator, although that'll help too. Um, also, you wouldn't believe, I have a little prick segment here, Um, but we wouldn't believe what men are putting into their penises. So I'm going to review that as well. And uh, we're focusing on the guys a little bit tonight. Uh, I don't want you to feel unnoticed, unloved, not not being paid attention to, Uh, certainly not by me. Um, But there is a threat that is facing middle-aged men, and it is worse than obesity, it's worse than the excessive alcohol you've been consuming to deal with your life. And it's also worse than smoking. What is it? Well, you got to stay tuned to listen to that. And uh, are there benefits of porn? I've had a lot of emails, a lot of questions in my clinical practice. And yes, I am in clinical practice. And yes, I do consults by Skype. And uh, lots of questions about porn, the benefits of porn. Uh, is it bad? Is it good? Does it affect intimacy? So we're going to talk a little bit about porn tonight. And uh, also, I'm a little bit tired about hearing about this, that um, men feel responsible for women's orgasms. I disagree. (laughs) I see you're laughing over there, Matt. What do you think? Of course we do. You're not. (laughs) You're not. Get over yourselves, okay? I I was at a dinner recently, and I I happened to be two women at the table and about 10 or 12 men, and most of them were from the liquor licensing board. And um, uh, the... We were talking about the Womanizer, of course, which is a fabulous sex toy that is um, a clitoral suckling device. And uh, so I was explaining it to them and how well it worked. And (laughs) God knows why the conversation (laughs) uh, digresses to this when I'm at the dinner table. But nonetheless, the men were all extremely interested in it, as, as was the one woman who was at the table as well. But I was explaining how fast it... Uh, helped women to experience orgasm and they were like where do I buy it how do I get it I want it you know so they felt a lot of pressure and so we'll be talking a little bit about that as well tonight on the program but uh, what We're going to go to break right now, right, Matt? But if you want to call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And um, when I come back, David Ryan Polger joins me to talk about sex and technology. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting the show for you tonight. It's always my pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, And joining me on the line is a very important person out there in the world of uh, technology and and now sex. Uh, It appears that uh, according to a recent study in the archives, in the peer-reviewed journal Archives of Sexual Behavior, married couples now have sex 11 times fewer each year. Down from about a decade or more, a few, little bit more than a decade in 2002, from 67 times a year down to 56 times a year. That may not seem that bad to you, but 56 times a year isn't that great, number one. And number two, if we're on a downward trend, it's we're only going to tank more. And uh, that is not good for so much about our health and our relationship, intimacy, how we feel about ourselves, sexual self-esteem. But what is causing it? Well, David Pol- Ryan Polgar feels he knows what is causing it, and uh, he joins me on the line. Hello, David. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm just having a little difficulty hearing you. Hang on, David. We're having a little technology tech tech problem. <laughs> technology problem. That's affecting our sex lives. It's also affecting our radio sex show. Nice
0: and, show. Uh, nice and crisp,
1: Sorry. Now you're I there. I hear you perfectly. Oh great. I couldn't hear you at all. I was saying, uh technology is affecting our sex life and now it's affecting our sex show.
0: <laughs> it impacts every aspect of our life, doesn't
1: it? Absolutely. So, you wrote a fantastic article uh related to uh the the less sex that married couples are having and you feel that smartphones and Siri and social media is playing a role.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what we have to look at. I mean, that article was for uh, Big Think, where I'm a contributing writer. And really, uh, what I always like to jokingly say, Maureen, is that if left to our own devices, we'll always be on them, right? Technology, by its very nature, is, is, is not going to be a, uh, uh, a give and take, whereas relationships are, right? So when I'm talking to my wife, I have to look at her in the face, I have to, to examine her non-verbals, I have to make sure that, that she's okay, right, and then the same thing for, for her, whereas our devices, when I pick up a device, I can always find something that's going to be affirming, I can always find something that's going to be pleasurable, right, so I think for a lot of people, uh, we, we, we almost go to that path of least resistance, the path of least resistance are our smartphones that we're, we're walking around, so as you even talked about with your, your TEDx, right, a significant amount, almost a third of, of individuals, are going to pick up their smartphone after sex, right? <laughs> so here we have the, the most intimate moment, but we can't even put away our phones for a significant period of time to connect as individuals.
1: That's right. That's we used really to really smoke. We're,
0: we're kind of looking at it, right, is that, connection is a two-way street, that it's it's not just about our Wi-Fi connection, but it's also about that human connection. So I think that's what we're kind of bringing to the table.
1: And do you think we're going away from that human connection? I mean, about 10% of people check their smartphones during sex. Mm -hmm. And, And when immediately after sex, we're hitting the smartphone, what are we looking for? Um, you know, what? Yeah. What we can't relax, we can't actually enjoy the moment, we can't take it in, you know, feel the pleasure, um, feel the release, go to sleep, perhaps. Um, right. So are we really, you know, what are the dangers of getting away from that intimacy and getting connected to uh, a device, as you say, as opposed to another human being?
0: Well, of course, there's, there's huge dangers when, when you're talking about it, because even if you're saying, hey, you know, it's something, something biological of, of going to sleep, right? The very idea of the blue screen is going to kind of reawaken uh, y- yourself and, and it affects your eyes. But more importantly, what it comes down to is that our technology used is something that we need to be more cognizant of. So to, to answer your question, right, is, are we losing that human connection? Well, yeah, to a certain extent we are right now, but at the same time, it's, it's because a lot of people really haven't, uh, uh reversed around and, and been exposed to to how this is impacting other people right so so for example even in relationships you have a lot of people that you might go to a restaurant and say my god this couple they're not talking to each other but until that couple kind of realizes right until maybe the other person who's being offended across across the uh the table until they say hey you know what honey you know you, you never really put away your smartphone and and i really want that kind of human connection
1: you know That's what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing in relate in uh, restaurants, sorry, and in relationships, is yeah. both people are on the phone. Neither one of them are talking to one another. I we're going to go to break, David. I want to uh, end on that. Um, so, are they ever going to know? And is it an addiction because it does provide pleasure and it does release the neurotransmitters in the brain? So, so are people ever going to connect again, or are we going to be having robotic sex in the future? I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show. News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I'm a registered nurse in the field of sexual health. Talking all things sex tonight, my guest is David Ryan Polgar of BigThink.com. He's written an amazing article about the subject that we are talking about tonight, and that is the new study published in the journal Archives of Sexual Behavior that revealed that married couples now have sex 11 times fewer each year, from 67 times a year to 56 times a year. So in 2002, we were getting back to the bedroom a heck of a lot more. And prior to this time, sexual frequency was relatively static. So what is going on? One of the uh, possible reasons you might think that people are having less sex is because of pornography, perhaps. No, not according to this study. People who were uh, viewing pornography actually were having more sex. And how about those long working hours that we are all having these days, working all all day long, working 9 to 5, 9 to 9, 8 to 8, 12-hour days. And um, you would think that that would lead to less sex. No. According to this study, people were having more sex. So what is it all about? David, thanks for staying on the line with me.
0: Well, thank you for having me again.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. We're talking about the impact that Siri and social media and other technology has on our sex lives and why the rise of social networks and smartphones coincide with that decrease in sex? Are we having intimacy issues? I'm seeing a lot of patients in my clinical practice in the late 20s who have intimacy issues. They've Mm -hmm. never had a girlfriend. They've never had a boyfriend. They've never had a lover. They have never had anybody in their life. They have played a lot of video games. They are expert at that. They are technology whizzes, but they're lonely. And they can't seem to meet anybody so what, uh, and also couples, millennials, sure. a lot of millennials who are not well, it, having sex.
0: Right. Well, it turns out that uh, relationships are a lot more complicated than just swiping right. So I think that's what we're kind of finding out. And a lot of this, Maureen, is when people talk about the difference between synchronous communication and asynchronous communication, or real-time communication, right? So when, when I'm having a real conversation, or as you know, when, you, when you're talking with people, uh, that's... That's in real time, right? That's going to be difficult because you're constantly reacting. So I think for a lot of people, especially when you're talking about uh, a young 20-year-old who who grew up really just utilizing a lot of these apps that everything is done in such a rapid-fire way, that's asynchronous communication, right? I can swipe right. I can swipe left. If I don't like what somebody says, if I don't like how they message me, I can ghost them. I can I can not respond or, or I can think about my response and I can make the perfect emoticon, right? Or the perfect emoji.
1: That's right. That's, that's or I how can say
0: relationships send... work in real life, and that's that's I think what, what what we're realizing is that people, by their very nature, are inherently complicated. So, so I think for a lot of individuals, we almost get used to the fact that that technology is is simple, but at the same time, we're finding a certain kind of loneliness to it. Or, or you pointed out in in, uh, in your TEDx, right? There's a certain kind of uh, disconnect. We have to almost disconnect to connect, right? There's a certain kind of paradox of our of our modern-day connection.
1: That's right. And, you know, it's disturbing when 13% of Americans, according to the study, sleep with their smartphone. Yeah. And 3% actually sleep with their smartphone in their hand. That smells addiction to me.
0: Uh, and that's what we're working on. I actually, uh, I work with the Center for Internet and Technology Addiction uh, in, in the United States. And that's with Dr. Dave Greenfield, who kind of popularized the, the dopamine, uh, connection, uh, potential connection with our smartphone use, and he likes to talk about it being kind of the, the world's largest slot machine. So it's not, uh, currently listed in a DSM, but that's something that they are, are currently looking at. I think that's why we're popularly using that, the term addiction right now to talk about our tech use, because the fact that we're sleeping with our smartphones, the fact that we can't let them, get, you know, get out of our sight, that's where we're realizing, you know what? Houston, there may be a problem, right? So so even personally, Maureen, for me, I got into this field about five years ago when I forgot my phone during a jury duty, and I started having phantom rents. It, <laughs> where I felt a ringing sensation in my leg. Wow. And there was no phone when I when I went to grab the phone, right? It didn't exist. And I said, well, that, that's very strange, right? But when I looked it up online, it turned out that Pew Research said 67 percent of Americans uh, had these phantom rings. And a recent study out of the University of Michigan just found out with college students is now upwards of about 80, 85 percent. So that wow. was my aha moment, Maureen, where I said, you know what? The fact is that a majority of people are feeling sensations and ringing, they're hearing sounds that don't exist. That. That's a. Uh, there's an issue going on.
1: That's disturbing, and, and <laughs> I and thought so. That's very disturbing, and and uh, and most people, you know, you do get a little nervous when you lose your smartphone, uh, mm-hmm. or you you put it down, you don't know where it is. Mine lights up if I <laughs> to if yeah, I call it because yeah. I usually don't have the ringer on, but right. and and I've put that on my smartphone so that in case I lose it, I can call it and I can see the light. Um, which is which is quite helpful, so it just shows you the degree of my addiction. But 29% of Americans would rather give up sex for three months than give up their smartphone for one week. What is that about?
0: Well, and that was the really interesting part, right with that, with that study of saying that 29% would rather give up right, sex than, than, than the smartphone. Now
1: are these people who are sexually active? that would rather give it up or someone who's not having sex anyway.
0: This is just kind of a broad group of of people kind of interviewed about it. So so that's where you're starting to say, well, wait a minute. We we need to actually go back to the basic and say, well, we want to still connect as, as humans, right? So... This is where uh, a lot of people are suspecting that we're almost getting our pleasure in other sources now, right? And that's why the, the you know the, the article that, you, that you're referring to, right? Uh, it's like uh, all Netflix, no chill. That that we're we're getting our pleasure out of out of watching all these programs, but we're not getting pleasure from like something that's pretty basic, our our relationships, our, our significant, our significant other. Uh, so on one hand, shows maybe the the level of our dependency with with technology. I think it also shows that uh, for for a significant amount of people, we're actually kind of giving up to to a large extent on on really connecting as as humans. But but I will want to kind of say because I don't want to leave it off on a pessimistic note because I, I do think that you have a significant amount of people now who are looking at this and saying, you know what, we, we need to change. So I am very optimistic with the, with the future that we're starting to kind of incorporate tools to, to to lessen our tech dependency, but also. As humans, we're starting to say, you know what, we, we do actually still value this. So the, the great irony of the digital age is that it's actually causing us to, to focus on the human aspect, right? And and that's what's kind of interesting.
1: Right. But, you know, I do see and I receive a lot of emails, especially after that TED Talk, because about 80% I focused in on uh, women who are experiencing mm-hmm. low sexual desire Due to fatigue or uh, working in and outside of the home, raising the children, trying to do it all, wanting the perfect life or, you know, for whatever reason. And about 20%, because that's sort of according to the literature, um, men who had low sexual desire. But I've I've really received a significant amount of emails from young women, women in their 20s and early 30s, no, no older, who have said, you know, why didn't you focus on, you know, men in their 20s and 30s who do not have desire for sex? They The women are feeling lonely and unloved and undesirable, and they say that their millennial husbands, boyfriends, do not want to have sex with them. They might have sex once or twice a year, and it seems like a killer for him to have sex. But he does watch porn, he is on his Mm -hmm. smartphone, um, and watching Netflix. A lot of couples sit down and watch Netflix, and of course that's addictive, that 20-minute, they have the cliffhanger at 20 minutes, and that's intentional. Of course. And so this is really impacting uh, a whole generation, I think. It definitely I'm, is. I, I'm disturbed when I see, this really disturbs me, when I see a, a, a mother or a father with a baby, with a young baby in a stroller walking across the street. Uh, texting, looking at their yeah. smartphone, not looking at the baby as they're in a crosswalk. I am extremely disturbed by that. There's no connection with the baby. They're putting the baby's life at risk. Who knows what can, you know, come along and crash into the stroller. Uh, you know, and people are seem to be unaware.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's gotten so bad, whereas uh, in, in Europe right now, they have uh, crosswalks uh, in, in certain areas right now that actually light up because they realize that people are actually not even looking up. Right. So they want- they want to make sure that an actual light goes off because you're looking down at the ground because you're looking at your smartphone, right? Right. So we've reached the point of absurdity, whereas now I think we need to kind of dial back and say, okay, well, wait a minute. Like, if you're, like as you're talking about, if you have a young 20 year olds who are not even having, wanting to have sex, well, that, that's a huge, uh, you know, strange kind of, kind, of, kind of issue where you'd want to say, okay, well, you know, what's going on, right? How is technology impacting us? Is it, is it taking a, a certain, you know, is it affecting our libido? Is it taking away our desire? And what can we kind of do about that? So I think a lot of it is going to be about kind of saying, okay, well, how can we change our tech, technology use? But also, more importantly, how can we go back and, and reconnect as individuals? So I think that would probably be the best kind of term for it, right? It's not even just about connection elements or reconnection for a lot of these couples that maybe have lost that, that idea of just like, Looking at each other in the in the eyes, and do you have and, cell phones right during a conversation? And
1: that's a, that's actually one of the of the evidence informed suggestions is to actually look at your partner for three minutes, yeah. just stare yeah. at them, and that will ignite some connection. Do you have any other advice for uh, people who are addicted? Uh, everyone else besides me, no people who are addicted to their smartphones on some level.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. I, I, again, going back to the left to our own devices, we'll, we'll always be on them, right? Uh, the big mistake a lot of us make is environmental, because if I, was, if I was eating too many cookies, would I have a cookie in my pocket? And to make it matters worse, that cookie is saying, eat me, David, eat me, right? right. So <laughs> we, we are using our smartphones too much, but at the same time, we have them constantly right in front of us, and we're expecting this idea of willpower, but willpower is, is, is going to be prone to fatigue. So, so for a lot of people, change your environment. Actually, go on a hike. Talk to your significant other without the cell phone being there. You know, if, if you're really worried, keep it keep it in the car. Right? It, it's not going to go away. Everything is going to be fine. But at the same time, you almost want it out of sight and out of mind because there was a study talking about the the mere impact of having a cell phone, even if you weren't looking at it on the uh, on the, on the table when a couple was talking. That impacts the couple too because they're not going to go to that deep level of conversation if they think that they might get get uh, get. Impacted, they, they might get interrupted by a, a call or a text,
1: a text or a phone call. Absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. the worst that I've seen was somebody that who shall be nameless was on the computer in the car. <laughs> Said, "Are you oh. on the in- Are you on the internet?" I couldn't believe it. But um, uh, the other thing is, I wanted to mention is the smartphones can get us in trouble. And the and I see a lot of men who are in sexless marriages. They have um, experienced infidelity. They have gone outside of the relationship. Somebody looked yep. at them, and you know know that was it they, they felt unloved and lonely and um, but they all were caught um, through their smart getting a text or an email on their smartphone because they didn't have passwords on their smartphone now I'm not trying to make it easier for people who are cheating but that's also it's like how clueless is that?
0: Oh right. Well, I just saw the other day they're they're listing the passwords that uh, the Ashley Madison kind of kind of hacking right as a Canadian company and uh, that they have that that people use. So it was actually pretty funny because people actually use the uh, the passwords of cheater one and and oh and like my gosh. And, so I, I thought that was like a little
1: mind blowing. Right. There goes my phone in the middle of it. David, it's been an absolute yep. pleasure talking to you. Bigthink.com. Good you good wrote a morning. great article. Americans are having a lot less sex, say researchers. Is tech to blame? Check out that article. It's fantastic. Wonderful to talk to you. I'd love to have you back on the show and enlighten us a little bit more because this is only going to get worse, David.
0: It, 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 that it is. And that's why you have to kind of have me on. So that's right. I'll be, okay.
1: I'd love to be back Thanks so much. It's going to get. All right. Get, you. All right you too. Going to get worse before it gets better well when I come back we're going to be talking a little bit more about all things sex I'm Maureen McGrath you're listening to the Sunday night sex show on News Talk 980 CKNW welcome back to the Sunday night sex show on News Talk 980 CKNW I am Maureen McGrath hosting the show for you as I do every Sunday evening live 8 to 10 p.m. now Uh, So you can always give me a call. Don't be shy. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I have a couple of emails I wanted to read to you. First of all, I wanted to mention that uh, I am the executive director of the Women's Health Initiative Network. It's a national not-for-profit organization to basically raise awareness, advocate, and educate about below-the-belt issues for women. So those issues that relate to uterine fibroids, for example endometriosis, bladder health issues, vaginal health issues like vaginal dryness, and sexual health issues sexuality, sexual pain and uh, these are taboo subjects we don't necessarily talk about them at the dinner table unless of course you're at the dinner table with me um, but you know they're things that we don't really talk about we're embarrassed about them. We don't even use the word vagina half the time because which you know just adds to the shame. And does not help women express their sexuality. I, I was uh, at a at an event last night and uh, a woman had a, a a dreadful looking sweater on, really. <laughs> and then she said, um, if I take this sweater off and, and wear this blouse underneath, she had this gorgeous blouse on, and she said, Is it too do I look too? And I said, sexual? And she said, Yes. And and then she said glamorous. And and I said, well, why wouldn't you want to look sexual or glamorous? Um, and she said she was uncomfortable in her body and she didn't want people to think she was looking for it. And, you know, like we have all of these double standards around sex anyway. And so we have lots of issues that occur after we have have babies or during perimenopause or menopause or postmenopause. And we don't want to talk about them. And yet it actually will negatively impact our quality of life. So that's the purpose of the Women's Health Initiative Network or the short uh, acronym for it is WIN, W-H-I-N. And, um, so, so I'm trying to do my part. It's a national not-for-profit organization. And, uh, so I'd, I'd love you to, uh, join me in this. You can go to the website, win.ca and, uh, and check it out. And there's, I'm adding lots of resources and articles. I want it to be the go-to resource for women, for women's health, for especially, uh, reproductive and sexual health issues. And, um, so that's that's my goal. It's uh, It started at the end of last year, and uh, I've got a lot of work to do and And I am happy to accept any help at all. My blog will be on there as well, but uh, so this email that I received uh, reminded me of um, this subject that I've been educating about for a long time now, um vaginal health, and in particular, vaginal dryness or vaginal atrophy, which can occur. Vaginal dryness in particular may occur after a woman has had a baby, when a woman is on the oral contraceptive pill, postpartum, breastfeeding, perimenopause, stress may cause it, postmenopause. Uh, So there's lots of contributing factors to vaginal dryness. It may impact about 70 to 80% of women at, at different times in their life. So it's a very common issue, yet it's one we don't necessarily talk about. So I have had an email from Andrea And she writes, Dear Maureen, I'm not often able to hear your program, but so enjoy it when I am able to hear it. A quick question. A while back, you were talking about a vaginal moisturizer lubricant, but I cannot remember the name of it, and I've not been able to find it online. Could you give me more information on this product or perhaps suggest another one? Well, there's really only one that I suggest, and that is, it's is—it's—it's any wonder you can't remember the name because um, it's difficult to remember. It's Gynatroth, G-Y-N-A-T-R-O-F. And the reason I... um. Recommend gynatroph to my patients is because i 've tried it number one for my patients um, and have had the best re- feedback the best results from gynitroph. It is not only a just a It's not only a personal moisturizer, it's also a lubricant. And it's really the only one that is the dual combination. So it will moisturize your vagina. As I say, it's just as important to moisturize your vagina as it is your face. In fact, it works better on the vagina. Um, But also it is approved by Health Canada, and that is very important. It is also recommended by the SOGC, the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada. And it is all natural. And it's really the only one that's all natural. It has hyaluronic acid in it and vitamin E and it also has a plunger and that may not sound that important, but if you have vaginal dryness, you need to get the uh, product that you are using when this product is hormone free and you don't need a prescription, but you need to get that inside of your vagina. The vagina is inside of you. And so there's a lot of, um, lubricants or moisturizers that, you know, you're meant to put it on your hand and maybe put it on your vulva. Well, it, which is the outside, it's not going to get into the inside of your vagina, the area that actually needs to have the moisturizer inserted in. So you can also use this during sex. It's a lubricant. You can put it on your hand and, and put it around your vulva as well, but it's most important. It has that plunger approved by Health Canada to be inserted into your vagina. So it's Gynatroph, G-Y-N-A-T-R-O-F. It is available at London Drugs, but if you email me, Sex talk at cknw.com, I will actually send you a two-month supply, no charge. And, you know, it also absorbs really nicely. It is the best one. So that's what I recommend. Um, I did ask the company to change the name, to be honest with you, because I didn't find it as sexy as I think it should be, <laughs> or memorable, but uh, they don't like when I say that. A guy named it. I asked them, of course. So remember that, Guy Natroff, Okay. <laughs> It's so true. I said to the president of the company, who named this product? And he said, well, and, and I and I jumped ahead and said, you know, it needs a new name. It needs something better. And and he said, well, I did. And he was so, he was incensed. And he said, um, gyna, which he, you know, I just came up with the guy thing. But anyway, gyna was gynecologist and trough. And I said, two of the least favorite words in <laughs> the dictionary. Nobody wants to go to the gynecologist the gynecologist, and also atrophy is not a pleasant word either. But nonetheless, it's gynatrophy. You'll never forget it now. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW.
0: Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980
1: CKNW.